So Money Episode 613, an oldie but a goodie episode with Jillian Michaels, fitness queen and entrepreneur. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. This episode originally aired on September 26th, 2016. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Have you fastened your seatbelts yet? Today's guest is going to take us on a super highway fast lane to success. She's going to share her rise to mogul status in the health and fitness world, and you know her well. Jillian Michaels, the foremost fitness expert in the world and a renowned life coach. She is our So Money guest today. She's built an international fitness community on countless platforms from her popular fitness DVDs, exercise streaming platform, Fit Fusion, to eight New York Times bestselling books, an award-winning podcast, The Jillian Michaels Show, and so on and so on, et cetera, et cetera. It's never ending. She's not slowing down either. Jillian recently released her own iPhone app, which gives users a way to train with her with preset workouts. Her company, Empowered Media, which she launched with her business partner, has fast become a monumental wellness empire dedicated to providing people with accessible and, very important, affordable solutions for all their wellness needs. And Jillian is not super conventional when it comes to executing her vision for the business. So we're going to hear how she strategizes her next steps, a little MBA lesson. The worst money mistakes she made when she first encountered a great deal of wealth in her early 30s, and what is she doing to make up for it today? Also, the $8 million deal she says she would have never done. Here's Jillian Michaels. Hi, Jillian. Hey, how are you? Good. I'm so happy to connect with you. Thanks for doing the interview. Oh, God, no, thank you. I have to give you a little warning, I'm afraid, ahead of time. I have uh, three dogs, and they are outside, but it... It's okay. <laughs> you may hear them in the background. I have so. a, I'm in Brooklyn with sirens and a two-year-old next door, so we're... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I consider... I think we're, we're even on that front. <laughs> Got it. Okay, good. Um, so great to hear your voice. You are a woman on a mission. You're everywhere these days. Uh, tell me where where am I catching you right now? What's like? What's I know, on, what's right? I am. Uh, I'm uh, just at home at the moment, um, and at home happens to involve uh, about three dogs, a pig. Six chickens, horses, a bunch of crap. So, so forgive me. You're gonna hear. Uh, you're gonna hear that in the uh, in the background. You to say that you like to have a oh, full a parrot, life. That oh, is and a parrot. Perfect. Okay, yeah, <laughs> can't forget the parrot. Um, what what drives you, Jillian? I mean, you're um, like I said earlier. You're you've acquired a business. You're evolving your own existing business. You're on covers of magazines. You're going into so many aspects of wellness, not just fitness videos, but food and um and apparel. And so tell me, what is the motivation behind your ever-evolving empire? What's going on behind the scenes? Oh, of course. Well, you know, a long time ago, uh, my business partner, John Carlo Chersich, and I sat down and said, okay, 
you know, what's, what's the mission statement of the company? And we really feel like the goal here is to provide people with what we call cost-effective life solutions. And that could be, hey, you like coffee? Well, we're going to give you coffee that's better for you, tastes better, is more accessible, and more affordable. And that, to me, it could be as simple as, as a food they like to eat that we're making better for them and, and more affordable and more accessible. Or it could be a fitness solution to lose 50 pounds or a fitness solution to get into your wedding gown. Uh, and that's that's really the goal is just looking at the ways in which we live our lives and how do we make that healthier and happier uh, for people in general. And the two of you met at the gym, no less, right? I <laughs> I owned a, I owned a sports medicine facility. Um, my gosh, like six, 15 years ago now. And he was working out at, uh, at my gym and, and at this facility. And we ended up becoming friends. And several years later, I ended up on the biggest loser and was feeling a bit kind of misguided and trying to understand, um, the public forum and the platform that I had accessible to me, how to best utilize it. Uh, and John Corbett was working in licensing and branding and we ended up becoming business partners and, and, and here is kind of where we're at quite a few years later, actually. I've been reading in a lot of business publications because your business is actually quite remarkable in that you're bucking a lot of the, the trends insofar as where a lot of businesses these days will go to social media to try to build their audience and to engage brands like yourself, which have <clears throat> such equity in like your name and your reputation. Very easy for you to say, align yourself with another brand in a licensing deal, but you're very careful about maintaining control. Could you talk about that a little bit? I think our audience would really appreciate some business strategy coming from you and specifically around the control that you and, and your business partner are very careful about having. Well, you know, unfortunately, I've come to learn that you can't control everything, um, which is which is a real bummer. I'm sure this harkens back to my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I think the key is that you do need to control as much as you can. And I don't mean micromanaging. I mean, setting the course of the ship, right? You know, plotting the coordinates, getting all your people on board, explaining to everybody where we're going, and then not micromanaging them, but checking in on them intermittently to make sure that everybody's still on the same page. And with the messaging, you, you've got to be true to form because to have a brand that lasts I write everything. Like literally I write every workout, I write every meal plan, I write every recipe. And I, I might work with partners, um, you know, a chef or a registered dietitian, or I just wrote a book on pregnancy and, and uh, mastering your maternity. And I worked with you know, an endocrinologist, an OBGYN, an internist, a pregnancy fitness specialist, but I'm involved with everything because I never want someone to go, wait a second. She just said, don't eat that. And then over here, it's in her meal plan. Or she told me to work out like this. And then over there, she's it's, she's doing something totally different. I, I can't trust her. And I also feel that if you want to get people results, which is a huge part of being successful as a brand, because a brand makes you a sexy promise. Hey, you know, if you if you can adhere to these guidelines and you can um, pick up this lifestyle, pick up what I'm laying down, you're going to get these results. To deliver on those results, you need consistency. And to have consistency, you have to control the message. So in my opinion, to be successful as a brand, 
especially a lifestyle brand, you have to be consistent with your message and make sure that it delivers on its promises. You said earlier that your mission statement involves helping people find cost-effective solutions to living their best life. What are some cost-effective solutions to, say, trying to lose weight and eating healthier? There's a misnomer out there that you need a lot of money to eat healthy, that having a healthy lifestyle, you have to be able to afford that. Right. Um, Of course. What's your take Um, on that? That's that's exactly what you said, a misnomer. In truth, if you think about what's at the core of losing weight. Let's just take that for example. And I remember I was sitting on this panel for the Clinton Foundation and I'm <clears throat> sitting there with like the, the Surgeon General of the, of the United States, all these crazy wellness experts and this and that and they're all talking about policy and I said, you know, at the end of the day you realize all you have to do is eat less and move more and that will save you money. Like you can walk for free. Right. You can, you know, you can get workouts online for free. I mean, you can eat less and it will cost you less. So, yes, in a perfect world, would I love for you to be eating all organic? Of course I would. And my solution to that then becomes um, an investment in a company called Thrive Market. So we look at the landscape and you've got a food desert issue, meaning, you know, many people don't have access to healthy foods or healthy products. And yes, you've got a cost problem. And there are a lot of politics and a lot of food policy that gets involved in what drives up the prices of our healthy foods, from big business issues to political issues. So you you can't bog people down with things like that. You've got to just give them an answer. Well, the cool thing about Thrive Market is because it's not brick and mortar. They deliver straight to your door. You can get healthy foods, clean beauty products, clean cleaning products, things that are green and natural that literally will not kill you, delivered to your door at cost. And it's a $60 membership fee. So we looked at what this guy was doing. His name's Gennar Lovelace. I watched him for a while. John Carl and I watched him. We studied his business plan. We believed in him and we invested in his company. And so that's the kind of business we do. There's an organization that we think is doing good in the world. That's providing people with solutions and we can make money doing it. And that's what we look for. Is this product going to help people? Are we passionate about it? Can it be profitable? And if the answer to all three of those things is yes, then we go in on it. I can only imagine when you were doing Biggest Loser, so many lucrative opportunities coming your way as television is such a huge platform and it raises your profile. You become very uh, monetizable. How did you make decisions during that time period? I heard you say that it was a little bit of a tough time for you as you were trying Ugh. to figure out your whole, like, who am I? What's my purpose? Um, so, yeah. you know, what were some yeah. of the decisions um, you faced? God, you know, the one thing that I was always very good at was knowing, you know, I could never do a deal. I had a, a friend who did an, like an $8 million deal with PepsiCo for, you know, oatmeal and various products. And I... I could never do that deal um, you know, because I've written <laughs> multiple books and uh, done various appearances and tours and speaking engagements saying, hey, don't eat these ingredients. Um, and many of those ingredients being in PepsiCo products. So that's not an option for me. And I always felt that, you know, and I think it's harder for a woman than it is for a man. You know, people really hold your feet to the fire. Men get away with murder. Um, you know, women are, are heavily scrutinized. And I just would never feel good saying to someone, 
oh, no, don't worry. You can have this product and then pocket $5 million. For just what? walk I, more. I, I make a good enough living. <laughs> you know, why, why, why sell myself out? I would just be miserable. I don't need to do that. And what I, so what I did and what, what Giancarlo and I did to make a business out of, um, out of Biggest Loser was to say, hey, pop chips. Hey, Aqua Hydrate. Hey, Crave Jerky. These little independent companies that were, were doing your favorites, right? Like a potato chip. Is that healthy? No, but it's a much healthier version with no crap in it, no chemicals, no trans fats, no artificial flavors, etc. Investing in that company and then turning around and selling it. It can sell to PepsiCo all day long. Because that's a little product that we believed in, <clears throat> that we thought was a better for you option for snack foods that people like. So we were able to do it that way. So um, smart. Biggest Loser, though, one of the hardest parts about Biggest Loser, and this goes back to, you know, the conversation we had about control, is that I was fundamentally incapable of controlling my image. And there's a great quote. It's like, that which nourishes you also destroys you. And while Biggest Loser gave me my platform, it's also been one of the greatest debilitators in growing my brand and growing my career. So looking back now, you know, I probably should have gotten out of it much sooner. And I think that would have been the lesson. Because it, it portrayed you as a, as a person that you believed you were not? Like what was specifically about that was debilitating. Gosh, you know, so many various things. I, I personally think at its core, right, when you look at Biggest Loser, for most people, it's a television show. What it was for me was a life or death intervention that existed on a ticking clock. Like I, to me, that it was not a television show. You have a person that's 500 pounds that might go home in seven days. And there were very specific benchmarks that I would try to reach within that time frame if they had any hope or prayer of continuing to evolve and grow and transform on their own at home. That dynamic from go is, is fundamentally flawed. And so, you know, you see people going, oh, Biggest Loser contestants gained their weight back. Well, yeah, some of them did. And guess what? In the real world, 95% of the people that put their weight on gain it back because they're, it's not the diet. They're, they're not understanding what's at the root psychologically of those issues. Right. Knowing that, I wish I could have put something into place where there was a therapist and there was, there was money for a therapist after they went home. They were connected with counseling. They were given a support system. But I, you know, I'm not a producer on the show. I, I didn't have the control and I would try to help people with that on my own. And in some cases I was successful. Um, and I'm still working with some of those contestants. Like I talk to Shay every single day. Wow. Every single day she sends me her little, her step log, her food journal. But again, you know, you can't, I couldn't control the messaging. I couldn't make that project what I wanted it to be. And therefore, you know, I think there's a real negative stigma around Biggest Loser, which is such a shame because yes, it has a lot of flaws, but it also did a lot of good. And I think the baby definitely gets thrown out with the bathwater. I agree. I agree. Talk about your childhood a little bit, Jillian. I'd love to hear a story specifically about money. This show is all about money and okay. career success. So what was your first introduction to money? Gosh, you know, we, I'd love to give you a rags to riches story. I, I can, I can tell you that, um, from the age of 17, I was on my own. Uh, and I wasn't given any help and I was, I was kind of forced to figure it out. But my experience as a child with money is that it was there. My dad was a very successful attorney and 
what I, what I'm grateful for about that is that I'm not stingy with money. I don't have fear about money. Um, and I think that it allows me to feel like, Hey, you know what? Money comes, money goes. And I don't have this constant fear of losing everything, which gives me freedom, freedom to make choices based upon my passion instead of my fear of not having enough, which is why, by the way, I never would take an $8 million deal with PepsiCo mm-hmm. because I never had a fundamental feeling of being, you know, being afraid, not having enough. So I'm, I'm grateful for not having that instilled in me. Uh, I will say that once I was 17 and I was on my own, I started to understand that yes, money can't buy you happiness, but money can provide you with freedom. Freedom, again, to make decisions that are right for you. And that I think is a very important thing to appreciate. Uh, Beyond that, I do think when you start getting into real money, you do get into real money, uh, more money, more problems. And that's a very big pitfall for a person who is, is new to having money. And, you know, at 17 years old, I had nothing. My parents had money, but didn't spoil me. And then I came into money when I was in my early thirties and made a lot of bad decisions because I I just didn't understand how to manage money, how to hold on to money. And that's a whole different conversation. And I remember a very rich man once said to me, Oh, you, you proud of yourself because you're making money. Yeah. Keep your money. Come back to me in 10 years. Tell me how much you have. Then I'll let you know if you've done a good job. Mm. And now I, and let me tell you, at 42, I know exactly what he means. <laughs> what were some of the mistakes that you made? What was one really bad boo-boo? Oh, God, dude. Being intimidated by money, um, not understanding it, and handing it over oh, no. to various business managers throughout the years, um, which has cost me so dearly on so many levels. And now finally I, dude, I pay every bill myself, everything, every single thing. And I don't care. It takes me 10 hours a week and I do it all. I will stay up in the middle of the night and and get it done because I will never allow myself to lose control of my finances. Again, huge mistake cost me an extraordinary amount of money. So you're just giving up on that. You don't think there's anyone worth trusting other than yourself when it comes to money. I would money. say that if you're going to, I have a guy who manages my investments and I, and I stay in touch with him regularly. I check the balances of every account. I ask him about every investment and every decision. Um, <clears throat> I'm instrumental in, in guiding the direction of my investments. Um, but I will never allow somebody to sign my checks. Never again. Or, um, God, I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. I had a, a mistake on my taxes mm. in 2014 um, that was an overpayment. Of, I don't want to say the number because it's, it, it will sound rude and obscene, but let's just say an obscene amount of money because this person didn't bother to understand the structure of my corporations. So she double paid on, on a percentage of my income that year. And I, I didn't know it because I didn't understand. I didn't bother to look. I didn't question. And recently I started to kind of notice some, some things I thought like other people that I know were saying, why aren't you writing this off? How come you didn't set your corporation up like this? How come you didn't do it like that? I had another account look at it and he caught that error and oh my God. So I, I think it's, 
constantly double checking things, checking in on things, getting second opinions. Um, I think that's just critical and having as good of an understanding as you can when it comes to your money. Hopefully you got some of that money back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a nice refund coming I April 15th. I filed an amended return for 14, good. believe me. Good, good, Ooh. good. All right, let's talk positive. What's like your proudest financial accomplishment? Honestly, be, taking all this stuff in-house and understanding it. Because because it, it is complicated. And, and I'm a person that, um, you know, I, I have like the whole ADD thing. I'm like, I don't get it. I don't know. You deal with it. And bringing it in-house and really looking at the various insurance policies, um, looking at my trust, looking at, uh, you know, how much I'm paying to who. And that's big for me. Really, I'm telling you, it is. It would be like a person who has been overweight their entire life losing a hundred pounds. And I say that just because the money thing has always been kind of intimidating. And I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't want to know, you know, just, just, just deal with it for me. Um, and so it's, it's really empowering once you kind of get in there and, and understand it. Um, and it gives you a, a great sense of control. Not that you can, again, not that you can control everything, but you feel much more in control when you have a knowledge and a comprehension of your finances, in my, in my opinion. I completely agree. And I think that what, how you feel that, how you did feel that, uh, you know, that, that money is complicated. I think that there are structures and people out there. It's to their benefit to make it seem to people like everyone else that, that it is this mystified thing. You're better off hiring professionals. Just let someone else take care of it. But once you got into it, did you realize like there's really, it's not that complicated. I, I definitely thought, okay, you know what? I, there are certain aspects of it that are very simple, certain aspects of it that are a little overwhelming. Like some of that insurance stuff is a little overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the trust stuff is a little overwhelming. But, you know, I'm talking to experts and I'm talking to multiple experts because it's like, oh, you know, you'll get different advice from different people. And then I'm, I'm cross-checking their agenda. I'm like, all right, what <laughs> right, is this right. person's agenda to give me this advice? Good, Does yeah. this person have an agenda? What's his advice? Okay, and 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 then I, you know, and it, it can be a little overwhelming, but I think when you you get multiple opinions and they're you get a good feeling about someone, and you look at their track record, and you can trust them. That helps me make the best decisions. Yes, you cross reference totally. Don't just get a second opinion in your health world, in your financial world as well. Okay, yeah. so what's next for you? Uh, you've pretty much conquered the world, personally, professionally, financially. What what have you yet? tackle that you're really excited about? Yes, that's a great question. Um, we, we have done a great job of building the Jillian Michaels brand, but when I, when I look at other icons um, in the lifestyle and wellness space, they have been very successful in growing other brands. Um, you know, again, you know, there's the ultimate, right? There's Oprah, right. um, who had Dr. Phil and Rachel Ray and, and, and uh, Dr. Oz and Susie Orman. Well, for me now, I, I'm not in a position where I, I need to compete with other professionals in my space. Um, I'm, I'm looking to collaborate with them. So we are uh, effectively growing a business that we started a couple years ago um, that has kind of started to take a, a firm foothold with regard to distribution um, and production. It's called Fit Fusion. And we're looking at, you know, the future of fitness and the future of content in particular and saying, all right, how are people ingesting content? What are they paying for? What are they not paying for? And for us, Fit Fusion is taking 
premier fitness talent, whether it's a Hannah Bronfman or Tara Stiles or Jillian Michaels or Zeus Galai, and we're, we're even throwing it back to Leslie Sansone, Billy Blanks, like something for the 20-year-olds, something for the 50-year-olds, something for the yogis, something for the Olympic lifter, and we're curating premium content from the top trainers in the space, and we're making it available um, for streaming, on demand, on AT&T, on Comcast, in the App Store, on iTunes, online, and it's, it's called FitFusion.com, and that's my goal, is to grow that platform and grow these other brands and build what will essentially be a network for health and wellness information down the road. So, so that's the kind of stuff that we're hoping to do. And we're, we're also growing businesses like Thrive Market, like we talked about, or a company called Lucky Jack, which is an organic nitro cold brew coffee that I fell in love with. Um, and we're, we're building that business out. For me personally, we're relaunching um, JillianMichaels.com this January with a very, um, a dynamic trainer app. So, you can buy any program you want, and I will literally be training you on the app. It's actually quite cool. There's there's nothing like it out there right now. It's um, very advanced technology, so that's exciting. Uh, I have a new book coming out this fall for mommies to be um, called Yeah Baby, and it's about mastering your maternity. Um, so that's that's exciting. Uh, and but that's kind of I'm going back on. Well, there's a lot I could go on <laughs> doing yeah, another speaking tour. I'm on fall. Fit Fusion now. Um, then you can go to JillianMichaelsLive.com to find out about that. But so more more Jillian Michael stuff, but also bigger, you know, kind of bird's eye view, bigger picture stuff like Fit Fusion. Yeah, Jillian's friends. You're growing yeah, like exactly. a friends network. Jillian exactly. Michaels. Thank you so much. I'll let you get back to the chickens. And uh, the pig and uh, your growing empire. Thank you so much. And uh, Thank you. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Have a great one. You too. That's a wrap. If you'd like to learn more about Jillian, her website, one stop, JillianMichaels.com. That's where you're going to get to learn about all the things that she talked about on the show, including the iPhone app, the FitFusion.com website, her books, the products. She's also on Twitter at Jillian Michaels. If you missed any of this, just hop over to SoMoneyPodcast.com. You can download the podcast, download the transcript, leave a comment. Also ask me a question. Click on Ask Farnoosh. Send me your quick question for the Friday episodes and that's how we'll connect. Thanks a million for tuning in and I hope your day is so money.